Welcome everybody to another episode of Reliving the Lights. We are on episode number three of season two of Friday Night Lights. Uh, I am your one of your hosts, Josh Kuypers. This is my co-host. I'll let him introduce himself this week. Hi, I'm Anthony Hookman. We are excited to be here uh, to talk about another episode um, of season two of Friday Night Lights. Are you ready for Friday night is the, <laughs> the title. <laughs> if I was going to answer that question, I would say, yes, I am ready for Friday night. Typically, my Friday night involves uh, pizza from Pizza Hut, a children's movie. This week, it was Brother Bear 2. Nice. And uh, maybe the tail end of SmackDown before <laughs> my four-year-old goes to bed because we like to see what's going on. But then we'll catch it on Hulu late. Hulu after the fact. Uh, we'll watch the whole thing. So, is the Pizza Hut and Sioux Center still open? Uh, I think it's even open for dine-in. Actually, okay, so okay. yes, we, uh, uh, we just yeah. lost ours. Almost South Dakota lost almost all their Pizza Huts. No way! Like yeah. shut down completely. Yeah, that's a that's a, that's a that's a loss. Not that yeah. Pizza Hut has like is that good, but but it's weird. I mean, like it's so consistent. Here's, here's the weird thing about Brookings is it's a town of twenty two thousand people. Uh-huh. Um, I can't remember if that's including college students or not. I suppose it's like including the college students in the dorms, right? Like that's how the census works. Do you know you work at a college? <laughs> yeah, I think Orange City does include college students in that five thousand, but okay, we're not to the level of <laughs> uh, right. SDSU, so Brookings, so Brookings is a town of twenty two thousand. SDSU is a twelve to thirteen thousand student population, so. I think when school is in session, it's probably like 30,000 people will say, okay. yep. give or take. We have got like a dozen pizza places. We have an like outrageous amount of pizza places Sure, um, in this town. Like it's always a joke. Like when a new pizza restaurant opens up, it's like, idiots. <laughs> like this is <laughs> not going to work. Like we've had pizza places since I've lived here, which I guess now is eight years. So it doesn't, it's not as uh, uh, scathing as an indictment. Um, but like we've had pizza places like come and go like quite a few (laughs) that have like (laughs) opened up, you know, made it maybe a year and closed. We had a Marco's pizza here for a while. Didn't last very long. Mm -hmm. We had a toppers pizza here for a while. Didn't last very long. Um, well, here's the thing. You've got George's pizza, which you used to literally live on top of. And it's the best pizza. It's the best pizza. I've only eaten there like three times in my life, but it, if I had to say, what's the best pizza you've ever eaten? It's probably George's pizza. Really? That's yeah. a that's a strong uh, put- I love I George's pizza for me is the best pizza in town. Uh sponsor of this episode, George's Pizza, <laughs> um, in Brookings, South Dakota, downtown Brookings, South Dakota. Um, George's Pizza is is my favorite pizza in town by a pretty wide margin. But yeah. in the same way that like my favorite burger in town isn't McDonald's, it's still weird that we wouldn't have one. If for a town this size, right. like Pizza Hut yes. is like the McDonald's of pizza. Like right. it's, yep. it's, it's weird. So. It's fine. You know what you're getting. It's mm-hmm. consistent. It's good. It's not great. Yeah. But the Pizza Hut and Brookings closed down. Yeah, completely. I think the, the one in Mitchell too. I think all the ones in Sioux Falls, except for the ones that were only carry out and delivery, like all dine-in locations in South Dakota, I think 
are done. That seems so weird to me because pizza seems like a thing that you almost order out more than you dine in. Yeah, who eats at a pizza hut? When was the last time you ate at a pizza hut? I mean, like for a buffet, you know, you'll yeah. you'll show up for a right, buffet. Right, right, but right. other than that, you order pizza delivered to your house on a Friday night so you can yeah. watch a movie, Brother Bear 2, with <laughs> your children. <laughs> yeah. You know? That's yeah, bizarre. It's, to me. it's so strange. So yeah, a weird, weird loss in, in the Brickens community. And we lost our pizza ranch like a year ago too, which is a real no. shame because oh, dang. I read this article once. We will get onto this episode. I, sh- <laughs> I promise. Shortly. I'm in no hurry. <laughs> um, but I read this article like a few years ago and it's really stuck with me. I reference it probably like <laughs> once a month to people that basically the guy who wrote it was like, I love pizza hut. And the reason I do is because I grew up, eating pizza hut like it was the first pizza i ever had and it set the bar for me and he said my theory is that the first pizza you ever have is the pizza you end up living yep and as i was reading this i'm like nah and then i was like no i irrationally love pizza ranch that it's absolutely true yes i subscribe 100 to this theory just hearing it now yes pizza ranch is so good it is so good but people who didn't grow up in the midwest don't get it they don't get it nope so that guy it. is correct. And I also love Casey's pizza, which is also yeah. another small town Midwest staple. Casey's taco pizza is one of my probably top 10 pizzas ever. Yeah. It's so good. I Casey's breakfast pizza for me oh, is, is unreal. Top 10. So but, good. But yeah, it's it's absolutely a Midwest thing because that's what we have. <laughs> for for our listeners not in the Midwest, Pizza Ranch and Casey's are two <laughs> Midwest based pizza chains that rule <laughs> <laughs> they do but if you came here and you ate them you'd probably be like eh this is it yeah you guys are talking about this i um, see but i think the difference between okay the thing that like unites pizza ranch and casey's pizza is the cheese right yep, like midwesterners absolutely. love cheese for sure yep. and that's what pizza ranch and casey's does well is the cheese. cheese yeah casey's is almost like Sometimes I'll be eating Casey's pizza and I don't eat it very often because it's uh-huh. one of those things where there's one in Platt and if there's like same way with Subway, I don't eat Subway in Brookings and I very rarely eat Casey's in Brookings because I know that if I go back to Platt, South Dakota for a weekend, that's one of my three options for food. <laughs> so right. like I got to save that. Um, but sometimes when you're eating Casey's pizza, I've had it where like you have the cheese that's literally down your throat and you can feel it like, you know what I'm saying? Like when you pull the slice away, you're like, whoa, (laughs) like there's so much cheese. It's unreal. Yeah, it is. It is pretty out of control. I, for some reason, I have this memory of my grandma saying, if the cheese stretches, that's how you know the pizza's good. So this is like ingrained in me that Casey's pizza is the ultimate in pizza because the cheese is out of control. Basically, <laughs> That's awesome. That's so good. Yeah. I don't know. This is getting way off. I don't know if you remember the Sioux Sorry, Falls Future Mall. Josh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know if you remember the Sioux Falls mall before they remodeled the whole food court area when it used, the food court used to be a circle in the middle of the mall. And they had a pizza place there that was like New York style pizza. And the, the slices were like literally like bigger than your head, you know? And it was like thin and you had to fold it to eat it. Mm -hmm. That kind of thing. I don't remember why I was bringing this up, except that I also really loved 
that pizza, pizza and it was very different than pizza ranch and casey's but did the cheese stretch <laughs> no my grandma would have hated it <laughs> <laughs> she'd be watching her stories recorded on her vcr <laughs> and be like this pizza is <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. Oh God, okay, that's definitely getting cut. Season two, episode three. Are you ready for Friday night? <laughs> Are you ready for Friday night? Uh, I okay. I know we've sidetracked you, but I want to know what your regular Friday night looks like. I shared mine. Well, for a, a while there, it was recording this show. <laughs> right. Um, we are currently recording on the last week we recorded on Saturday night, and this week we're recording on Saturday night. So, um, I prefer to record on Friday nights because it lets me nurse my hangover on Saturday. I have Sunday to be uh, not hungover and, and you know, you get the Sunday scaries before going back to work on right. Monday. So yeah. I get to not be uh, nursing a hangover while experiencing <laughs> those Sunday scaries, but typically, I mean, anymore during COVID a Friday night is usually before we started recording this podcast, it was, um, I would get off work. My friends had a Zoom meeting that we would start at 4.30 every day. So I would jump on at 5, uh-huh. have a few beers while talking to them, get enough of a buzz to be like, all right, I want to keep doing this. And I would just FaceTime call people on my computer and <laughs> hope that people answered and would drink. Like we did, we made a, a real Friday night activity of that for several weeks. <laughs> nice, um, yeah. And then we started the podcast and that kind of ended. So... Yeah. For me on a Friday night, those are the two things for the last six months that I have, have done. So it involves a computer screen and beer, typically. <laughs> All right, I'm ready for Friday night. And that means I'm ready for what Movie Dude 1 has to say about this episode. Is he back? He is back. We've got Movie Dude 1. All right. He is the only one. Ron Carrington or whatever the hell his name is, he gave up. He said, I'm, I'm going to leave this to the expert. Yeah, I don't blame him. So here's what Movie Dude 1 has to say about Are You Ready for Friday Night? Let's go. Matt takes it upon himself to try to curb smash his enthusiasm for the upcoming season. Tim turns to Lila when he spots his brother leaving his neighbor's house. Jason turns his attention on Mexico in an effort to walk again. Buddy turns to Coach <laughs> Taylor to convince him to return as coach of the Panthers. Okay. Uh, if you're going to put a numerical value on how. Uh, solid that was, what would you say? I like that he tried to do a theme with so-and-so turned to so-and-so. So we got Tim turns to Lila. <laughs> yep. Jason turns his attention on Mexico and Buddy turns to Coach Taylor. So I like the, that he went yep. with that. Yep, he, he kept did, it consistent. He did spell Lila L-I-L-A again. <sighs> Come on, man. But not too much in terms of grammatical errors, which is good. I this is one of Movie Dude One's better ones. I guess yeah. this is a, a, a like a, a seven. Yeah, I think so. Just very capable, which is you know pretty good for Movie Dude yeah. One. Capable, it's not bad. All right, uh, so that that's not the very first thing in the episode, but something he brought up there is something I did not catch on. Uh, right away in the episode that uh, Tim Riggins saw Bo's mom 
with Billy Riggins. Yeah. I, I didn't recognize that it was Billy. I just thought it was some random dude that he oh, was yeah. sneaking in, though. But, yep, I, I noticed it. So um, Billy and Becky spent the night together, we're assuming. Yes. Tyra and Landry also Ooh, spent the night together. Yeah, and let's start with them. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, yeah, so the, the episode opens on Tyra and Landry in bed. Tyra is asleep. Landry is awake. <laughs> um, <laughs> just looking at Tyra, which... Yeah. I would, too. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Um, the radio, Sam and Slammy Mead, who was apparently on 24-7. Any any time, day or night, turn on your radio, get some salmon slammy mead takes on the Dylan Panthers. 3.30 a.m., sure. <laughs> yep, you, there's a slamming Sam. He's always on. <laughs> you just, by the way, I don't know if you want to retry that, but you said salmon slammy. <laughs> I kind of even as I was saying it was like I hope I got that right. <laughs> I'll just cut. Yeah, okay. okay. Um, yeah. So Slam and Sammy's on twenty four seven. It seems like uh, you know he's the uh, omnipresent voice of of Dylan Texas, and his voice wakes up Tyra, finds. Uh, she basically finds Landry just <laughs> like sitting there, <laughs> like he's propped up, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, she kind of does a, we can't do this again and sneaks yeah. out his window. Um, I think this is the first time that we've seen Landry's bedroom or one of the first times that we've seen Landry's bedroom. Yeah. She sneaks in there last episode. Right. But, but yeah. um, I just want to note that. Landry has a Crucifictorious poster on his wall amongst amongst his other posters. Yeah. Very nice. But yeah, she sneaks out the window and Pa Clark, Landry's dad, (laughs) sees her sneaking out. Yes, he does. But isn't upset. (laughs) No, it's not like a what the heck is going on here. It's like, all right, Landry. He's kind of proud of his doofus little son. Which will lead to a very unique and strange interaction later on yes. in the episode, but yes. we'll get there eventually. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, Tim looks out his window. Tim Riggins sees his brother Billy with Bo's mom. Yeah, Becky. Jackie. Yeah. He's pretty visibly hurt by it, but mm-hmm. we'll get into that uh, more in, uh, later on in the episode. Um, we get a short scene. I didn't really write much down about it with the Taylors in bed with Gracie. Um, they're just kind of talking. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know All I wrote about was about that was that coach has to leave for Austin. He's mm-hmm. got a, he's on his way out the door. Basically he does run into Matt Saracen. Matt tells him he and Julie broke up, which coach did not know was not yeah. aware of. Yeah. Coach was at what appeared to be the Alamo freeze getting takeout. Oh yeah. Um, on the radio, Slam and Sam Mead was talking trash about him. They called him the Judas. <laughs> right. And, he, and like the lady who gives him his takeout is like, sorry about the radio, coach. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I Yeah. I think that's a little excessive on Slam and Sammy's part. But right. And yeah. I, I, I can't be sure if it's Slam and Sammy because we'll, we'll get back to this in a little yeah. bit because I wrote down a note about a later comment um, 
but we'll we'll get there. Okay. Um, but yeah, Matt comes out to apologize. <laughs> he's like, Coach, yeah. I just want to say I'm sorry about Julie. And he's like, for what? <laughs> uh, Matt, yeah, reveals that they um, had broken up, which Coach did not know. Yep, he was not aware of that at all. We uh, we head over to practice, and M- Coach McGregor is literally running Tim Riggins into the ground. Yeah. Uh, Tim Riggins carrying a tire above his head, if I remember yep. correctly. And McGregor is just laying it on him, and Tim collapses, and the ambulance is called. He gets yeah. carted off. So that's not looking real good for McGregor there at that point. Yeah. Lila shows up at the hospital and <laughs> invites Tim to church. I don't know how they got there, but at some point she she invites Tim. Yeah. To, well, yeah, Tim wakes up in the in the hospital and the doctor kind of chastises Tim um for running himself too hard and being yep. dehydrated. Yeah. And uh basically says, "Hey, I can't get a hold of your brother. Um we can't let you leave until somebody signs you out." Is there anybody else that can come pick you up? And Tim's like, nope. So Tim is just chilling in the hospital for a while. Yeah. Um, which is, yeah, why Lila shows up. They kind of get a little flirty. They do. There's a little something going on, even though Tim, you know, like has basically passed out and <laughs> had yeah. a medical emergency. There's there's still a little something, a little something, something floating between the two. Yeah, Lila definitely still cares about him, and um, and you can feel the the sexual tension between them yep. for sure. And in the midst of the sexual tension, Lila invites him to church. Yes. So, <laughs> uh, as you do, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Jason Street and Herc are talking about stem cell surgery, and Herc is like, "Dude, you are like becoming a cliche." of every person ever who has been paralyzed like what is it about a year since you've been paralyzed like yep okay yeah you're right on schedule uh you're talking about the experimental surgery so herc is very much downplaying this possibility and discouraging him from pursuing it very critical of it is very much just like dude you're gonna get scammed this is what happens like these people are going to take your money and the last of what's left of your dignity and, mm-hmm. you know, basically leave you miserable. Um, but street is still pretty dead set on it. And we'll, we'll come back to that later. We get a scene of coach Taylor uh, coaching at TMU. Um, the head coach asks him to, Cut the kid that he's been working with. He's got a little bit of a, a Matt Saracen, I think, at TMU. Right. Yeah. An analog yeah. to Matt Saracen. An, an underdog that coach wants to see succeed. Yep. Yep. But coach says you got to cut him. Um, he's not going anywhere. He'll he'll figure it out. Coach calls Tammy, uh, who is at home with Glenn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Glenn's trying to fix their ice machine. <laughs> Coach has a fantastic quote where where he says, uh, "I don't want Glenn in my home with his hands in my wife's ice box." Uh, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't write that down. I'm glad you got that. Yeah. So, coach is not crazy about Glenn stepping up to be the man of the house in his absence. Yeah. Um, coach calls to ask Tammy um, what happened between Matt and Julie. 
Uh, Tammy also did not know that Matt and Julie had broken up, but Glenn did. <laughs> yeah, Glenn it's all says, over the school. Yeah, it's all over the school. So, yep, Glenn's aware. Coach and Tammy, this is this is news. Smash in this episode is really kind of running his mouth. His swag is out of control, basically. The team is getting tired of his constant, like, I don't know. I mean, it's it's somewhat warranted because McGregor has made him the, the centerpiece of the team. Right. But, I mean, he was also arguably the most talented person on the team already last oh, for year. Sure. Yeah. And, I mean, he's always been cocky, but... Um, yeah, the team is starting to, it's really starting to wear on everybody. Um, some unnamed player tells Matt smash is out of control Yep. and someone needs to say something and Matt agrees. He says, oh yeah, somebody will say, I'll say something. I'll say something to him. And this worries me. I think this may be <laughs> at least temporarily the end of the Matt and Smash bromance that I love so much. Right, really the really the highlight of the show so far. Whenever it pops up, we love it, but it's in jeopardy for sure. Yeah. So uh, we get we go back to Tim in the hospital, and Buddy comes to to get him out. Uh, they ride home and have a little conversation about Coach McGregor, and he says, you know, you know this new coach ended up, you know, you ended up in the hospital because of him. Tim says, actually, I think I passed out because I was hung over Mr. Garrity. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. Buddy Garrity says, listen here, son. I never want to hear you say that again. I've seen you play with a hangover many times and you played like a champ. This is all about that new coach McGregor. And I don't want you, uh, I don't want you to put any of that on yourself. <laughs> Not even a little bit on yourself, Tim Reagan, <laughs> for being a drunk. Yeah, he is recruiting hard to the anti-McGregor campaign. Yeah, yeah, Very but he hard. has been slighted. He is 100% anti-McGregor, and uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, going after Tim. Uh, Matt confronts Smash about his big mouth, basically. Uh, you know, kind of dialing it back a little bit with the self-confidence and the swagger and all of that. Smash doesn't want to hear it, really. Yeah, he deflects. Uh, eventually, he just says, like, you know what? Yeah, I am. you're mad because, you know, I'm captain of the team now and you're not captain anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm a senior this year. Like, this is my recruitment year. I deserve this. I deserve everything. Um, you're just going to have to live with it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and and he walks away. Yeah. And as Smash walks away, mm-hmm. Matt also sees Julie getting into the Swedes super creepy van. Uh, yeah. Kind of the, the jab cross combo there uh yeah. to to the dome of Matt Saracen. Yeah. He is yeah. he's at the end of his fuse, uh, which we find out a little bit later. Yep. Tammy is trying to get some info out of Julie later on about the whole Matt Saracen Swede situation. Julie isn't really interested in sharing with her mother has no interest in talking about that with, with Tammy and in a hit to the halo meter, uh, she gets out of the conversation by saying, I think your baby's crying. Yeah. Which is 
a pretty gross thing to say, I guess. Yeah. It's your sister, Julie. Yeah, that's yeah. What a bizarre. She may be an alien, but she's your flesh and blood. <laughs> Coach McGregor asked Jason Street to. He says, "Hey, we we're gonna need Riggins to bring his A game uh, on Friday. Can mm-hmm. you go over and talk to him, pump him up a little bit?" Uh, Tim is at home enjoying a beer. We get the return of the big rig beer tally. Yes, we do. Uh, comes to the door with a beer in, in hand. <laughs> uh, street is like, what the hell are you doing? Like, why aren't you at practice? And Tim's like, oh, the doctor told me to you know, relax or you <laughs> yep, know, whatever. Take, get some rest. Yep. Uh, yeah. Street is basically like, you're an idiot. Um, you're not taking things seriously. Um, stop acting like this. Yeah. I feel like the writers and producers of the show really want us to think that Jason Street is a good coach. Yeah. I'm not buying it. No. He's no. doing his whole like coach stick that we've talked about before where he says a bunch of like super cliche things and it's just it doesn't I think, work. Um I think we've talked about this on the show before but there's that uh another prevailing theory in addition to my pizza theory that um <laughs> I don't remember where I read this one, but um, there's this, you know, I don't know if it was an article I read or what, but it's basically so whoever wrote it said the best coaches are the people who really, really have to work for it in their particular sport. Basically the guy's argument was like Michael Jordan would be a terrible coach because he's so naturally good at things right? Yeah, that he would be a bad coach. But that's why Steve Kerr is such a great coach because he, worked his ass off uh-huh. yeah. um, to even get to the NBA. And uh-huh. that's why he's such a good coach because he can teach that, uh, yep. you know, the, the hard work that he put in. And Michael Jordan was just so naturally talented that yeah, he doesn't he understand why everybody isn't just good like him. <laughs> right. Um, and I think that that's Jason street. Like he was so naturally talented that that's yeah. why I don't think he's a very good coach. Yeah. He can't plot that course for anyone else. And so all he knows are like coaching cliches and yeah. yeah. And he goes to that well many times. (laughs) Yes, he does. Back at the Saracen household, Matt is upset because Carlota is doing her laundry and she's (laughs) doing grandma Saracen's laundry, but she is not doing Matt's laundry. Yeah, Matt Matt thinks that uh that's not okay. Carlota makes it clear that she has a job. Her job is to take care of Grandma Saracen. It has nothing yeah. to do with taking care of Matt and his yeah, underwear. She's not a maid. Right. Yes. She's a in-home caregiver, not a maid. So And she she mentions like, listen, like just because I have brown skin doesn't mean I'm your servant. Oh. Um how I, she says like, you know, back home, my dad is this, you know, he has this prestigious job and my mom has this prestigious job and I'm mm-hmm. only doing this job to get through college so I can become a nurse. Yeah. Um, you know, I am not, yeah, I'm not your servant and yeah, she doesn't take it too well. Not, I, not things not going well for <laughs> Carlota and, and Matt. No, Rocky start. I missed that, but I like that. Good for you, Carlota. Way to, way to stick up for yourself there. At the Clark household, Paul Landry, he's he's prying a little bit 
about Landry's girl situation. He doesn't completely understand <laughs> what's happening. And so, uh, yeah, he's trying to get out of Landry a little bit of what's going on with Tyra. Um, he does mention the watch that grandpa's going to want to see that watch. Yeah. He says, uh, yeah, grandpa's coming to town, uh, in next month. (laughs) (laughs) Right. We got some time to figure this out, but, (laughs) (laughs) and yeah, he's going to want to, um, see that watch (laughs) for whatever reason. Also, like, I did think it was weird that Pa Clark was kind of like, where's your watch? Like, and they were just like in an inside casual situation. Like how often is Landry wearing this watch? And right. if he's wearing it that often, how did he not realize that it was gone until <laughs> uh, later on? That, yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah. This watch has definitely become a, a focal piece uh, all of a sudden. <laughs> We've all got questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Leading to a lot of questions, but yep. uh, buddy, Calls up Coach Taylor, says, "Hey, let's arrange a meeting. Um, we can meet you two. You drive two hours. I'll drive two hours. We'll meet in the middle. <laughs> yeah, uh, something really important. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna want to talk to me about it. And I, I don't remember how he puts it, but Coach is like, "Why would I drive two hours? Because you're already telling me this is something that I wouldn't agree to. <laughs> yeah, if I if you told me." me. <laughs> what it was about, I wouldn't come. Yeah. So why would I? <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. But yeah, it's see. Yeah, I can't. I think coaches. We do. We do see that coach is gonna go ahead. Yes. Maybe. Yeah. Yep. At this point, um, Billy comes home. He finds Tim kind of wallowing, drinking another beer. Real triumphant return to the big rig beer tally. Yeah. And. Tim basically is like, hey, I know you're messing around with Jackie. I saw you kissing out there, sneaking out of her house at <laughs> 6 a.m. the other day. Um, kudos to Jackie <laughs> for getting both the Riggins rows. Like, that's. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, Why not? You know, that's a that's an accomplishment. She knew the thing with the 17 year old wasn't going <laughs> to be feasible wasn't going to pan out so well all right well then we'll take the what 20 25 year old yeah 25 year old riggins it's it's not quite tim quality but billy's right there you know yeah yeah i i I don't think billy's in the wrong there at all he'll do so in response to this tim heads to church Uh, that's his, that's his, how he, yeah, handles the whole situation with his, I don't know. I want, I was going to say dream girl, but no, just sorry. Yeah. But his infatuation girl, I think this scene, I had a lot of, I think, repressed memories coming up, watching it. Oh no. Uh, just a lot of people in the crowd, you know, faking it. Uh, <laughs> oh, of the church. I thought yeah. you meant of like Tim being heartbroken over a oh, 33 no. year old woman. No, <laughs> like what happened to you? <laughs> no, 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 not that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just okay. seeing yeah. Lila in the church and just seeing that brand of right church was just really, yeah, yeah. eye roll inducing for me. Yep, yep, pretty manufactured. 
pretty wide appealing type thing that'll that'll draw yeah. people in without much substance for sure. So we do get a little we do get a little inside look at what's going on with Lila's spiritual Yeah. Life. <laughs> yeah. Um we do see we get these kind of lingering shots on Tim, but it's kind of hard to tell exactly how he's feeling about yeah. all of it. Yeah, there's like the a sermon is being preached about like leaving your past behind, about how like you'll be forgiven and you just need to turn, you know, to God and stuff like that. And I took it as it's making an impact on Tim. But with later scenes, is it like an opportunistic impact? <laughs> right. That's <laughs> like, I had a hard like time. okay, I see how I can use this for my own good, or is it a genuine impact? I'm not sure. But yeah. One way or the other. Determining exactly how Tim was taking all of this in mentally. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We go back to the Alamo Freeze. Yeah. Smash is doing a smash thing there. Yep. He's Mackin and Matt is pissed off. Yeah. Calls him out right there. Says, Hey, did you ever get those burgers that I asked you to grab out of the freezer or whatever? <laughs> and Matt was like, I'm or smash says like, Oh no, I'm busy. And Matt was like, yeah, I can see you're real busy. Just really. Yeah. He's done. He's the bromance done. Is not smash. in a good spot. No. Uh, yeah. Which we're, we're, we're not happy about. Um, but definitely, uh, coming, yeah, the whole, the whole relationship is, uh, at a crossroads at this point. Tyra, Tyra and Landry, uh, are at the pawn shop. They're trying to find a replacement watch, which seems pretty ridiculous to me. Yeah. This is a, a very dumb idea. (laughs) Um, this is a family heirloom that has been passed down from generation to yeah, generation. And it's like engraved. <laughs> um, right. Uh, we do get a, a really good, I didn't write it down, but I remember there's a really good line in here because Tyra's like, this one's pretty close, right? <laughs> and Landry says, <laughs> um, it's close in that it's a timepiece and that it tells time and has hands. <laughs> you didn't have to do that, Landry. <laughs> Yeah. she's just trying to help you you've got like yeah. this insanely beautiful woman who you have somehow fallen into <laughs> um, take it easy man yeah you need to lock this down and just not <laughs> yeah but he does assure her he'll do everything he can to keep her out of trouble you know if if it all goes down He's gonna try and protect He's her. Gonna as take much the as fall. He yeah. Yep. Tim sneaks into Lila's room to tell her that he f- he didn't even he, sneak in. Like, oh no, Lila's like, who let you in? And he tells, he's like, oh, your mom or I remember how, but yeah, he's oh, like, for real? oh yeah. <laughs> okay, so full disclosure, I was watching this with my four-year-old daughter and my mom uh, <laughs> tonight, so. I was like, uh, 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 uncomfortable. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So let's start that over. So Tim makes his way into Lila's room. Yeah. Uh, I thought he snuck in, but 
Maybe not. Maybe he was just let in. It seemed to me like somebody let him in. They had that conversation because I was half clothed. (laughs) Yeah, she was. But anyway, he he makes his way in Delilah's room to tell her that I really felt something at church. (laughs) (laughs) He and he talks a bunch about how meaningful it was, and and Lila's excited right away. Like she's like, okay. But then, yes, they embrace, and then, yeah, Tim kisses her, and then she's like, you need to leave. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Tim's line was, I guess I feel closer to God when I'm with you. (laughs) (laughs) Buddy and Coach meet up at a truck stop. (laughs) Yeah. They're talking about the McGregor situation. Yeah. They basically just talk about how much Coach McGregor sucks. (laughs) Um, Coach is kind of like, are, is this just about the close practice policy and and this <laughs> right. and and buddy's like no no I've got this whole defense against him built up I can tell you all about all the ways he sucks and he says you know coach we need you back you know if you could do it again looking back would you have left instead of staying with the Panthers and mm-hmm. coach doesn't answer but it seems like he knows the answer to that question and buddy really lays it on on how miserable tammy and julie are like listen i've seen them i've seen tammy and i've seen julie and they're they're miserable you know he says something (laughs) about like julie wearing inappropriate clothing (laughs) yeah (laughs) i mean of course buddy's gonna go all out in this like (laughs) but yeah, buddy's buddy's sparing no. Um, he's pulling no punches in this yeah. offense. Yeah. So, uh, Julie is out way past curfew. Tammy yeah. is worried sick. She's with the Swede. The Swede and his friends are getting high and having ridiculous being high conversations. They're talking about conspiracy theories, right? Yes. The Swede is for sure in 2020 really into QAnon. <laughs> As if the Swede wasn't terrible enough. Right. Uh, yeah. He was talking about, QAnon. yeah, he's talking about all sorts of dumb conspiracy theories and Julie in like maybe the lowest Julie moment and not a way of like, we hate her for this, but she like tries to jump in. Yeah. And like join them, and it's just like it feels very disingenuous. She's she's not she's not partaking in the marijuana, correct? Um, but she is still trying to yeah participate in the conversation. In it, it's not a good look for no. sure. The Swede drives her home, and at this point, what it's like two a.m. or something at like least that. Past, so there was a Tammy called Julie and said it's past two a.m. Right. Where are you? And then that's when we cut to the conspiracy theory talk. So I almost wonder if this is closer to two thirty, three o'clock. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. So the, I, the sweet and jeweler out making out in his creepy van yeah. in front of the Taylor residence, which in is front like, of the house. Like if you're that late for curfew, you got to know Tammy's up waiting for you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they are getting after it in the van. Tammy flies out of the house opens the door is absolutely livid obviously with julie 
And they get into a little bit of a physical tussle here. Well, the worst part about this, to me, this was a real Julie Taylor hate moment where Julie, so Tammy comes out and she's like, get out of the car right now. And Julie's like, no. And she turns to the Swede and she's like, take me somewhere. Right. And even the Swede is like, that is literally kidnapping. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He said that, didn't he? Like, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> no, that's kidnapping. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Uh, but Julie yeah. is like, no, I don't want to go home. Like you're already there. Like he took you there and dropped like is, you know, at the <laughs> tail end of dropping you off. Like just get out and cut your losses. Julie you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She doesn't do that. Uh, and Tammy literally has to pull her out yeah. of the van and ends up in the process slapping her across the face. I am, just to go on record here, not a proponent of child abuse, but I don't blame Tammy very much at this point for, no. you know, that that slap across the cheek. Yeah, Julie was being completely unreasonable. And Julie says along the lines of, like, you got rid of me when you had Gracie, which is, like, some real real bad like manipulative yeah stuff to say like <sighs> julie <laughs> yeah not good i imagine it would be hard if you were like a 16 year old and your parents had a baby and your dad moved to austin like okay yeah that's tough but you're taking about the wrong way julie <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not impressive. Okay. Uh, Applebee's. Yes. We are back at Applebee's. I know we've talked about this before. I've I've mentioned before that the quesadilla burger is yeah. the correct order when you go to Applebee's and Landry's dad is all over it. He also <laughs> orders the quesadilla burger. Yeah. I feel like Friday Night Lights is trying to oh, tell sure. us t- trying to tell us something, trying to send us a message about I'm, Applebee's and what to I'm order gl- under there. I'm glad that you noticed that because I also wrote that down <laughs> that Landry's dad ordered the quesadilla burger. Yeah. It's the way to go for sure. Uh, but they have this weird conversation, right? Like, did yeah, was this weird to you? Andrew's dad was basically like, uh, you're way too hot for my son. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. He's like, are you dating my, well, I thought it was weird because I would have not expected Tyra to take that question. Are you dating my son as well as she did? Sure. Because. Tyra doesn't know that Landry's dad saw her sneaking out the window. Yeah, that's a good point. So he probably thinks, oh, Landry, to me, if I was Tyra, I'd be like, did Landry tell you that? F that guy. Like, (laughs) but she takes it really like, oh, we don't know. We're not sure where we are. (laughs) And yeah, Landry's dad is like, I don't get it. (laughs) You can date anybody you want. Kind of creepy, honestly. (laughs) Why are you dating my loser son? He does. He okay. He he in like one sentence basically calls a sixteen-year-old girl way too like super hot, incredibly hot, and calls his son a loser. (laughs) Like in the same statement. Uh, Also, how many times have you eaten at an Applebee's by yourself? Zero. (laughs) What is he doing there? 
Some people enjoy eating by themselves. It's weird. I like, do, I, I enjoy I, eating by myself. You know where I've never gone by myself? <laughs> Applebee's. I hate. I I don't think I've ever been to a sit down restaurant by myself. I don't think in my oh once I went to Bubblegum Shrimp in the Mall of America by myself because Carter wanted to get sushi and I was there with Carter and. I was like, I'll go to Bubblegum Shrimp because I've always wanted to go there. That's the only, I'm pretty sure, only time I've ever gone to a restaurant, like really? a sit-down restaurant in eight by myself. Oh, wow. Okay, so I actually like am fairly regular going to a sit-down restaurant by myself, like on my lunch hour or something. That's fine. Like yeah. go to the Mexican restaurant in town or whatever. That's, but, yeah, that's very weird. But Applebee's, no. I've never, I've been to a lot of places by myself, but never in Applebee's. Um. Anyway. <laughs> so it is game time opening night baby the announcer who to me sounded a lot like the radio person earlier who may or may not be slamming sammy but <laughs> right they all kind of the announcer yeah starts talking about the great eric taylor and i'm pretty sure it was the same guy who called eric taylor judas in the alpha freeze <laughs> earlier in the episode but just because Judas was a traitor doesn't mean that he wasn't a great disciple, you know? I guess that's one way to think about it. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, because he says, Coach McGregor, he's got to step into the the big boots of the great Eric Taylor or something like that. So yeah. I was like, ah, weren't you just putting him on blast? But <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> in this this scene... The cheerleaders, as the the I believe as the team runs out, the cheerleaders are doing a cheer where they say, "We got the smash!" over and over and over again. <laughs> they just keep repeating, "We got the smash! We got the smash!" I did not smash. notice that. <laughs> Which I've never uh, experienced a, a high school team that has had a very player specific cheer like that, but yeah. They're very into the smash. Yeah. Just to reiterate the... what is going on in the Dylan Panthers, smash has taken a very prominent role on the team. Coach Taylor, he's listening to the game on the radio. I couldn't tell if he was just driving and was like, screw right. it, I'm going to the game, or yeah. what. Like they almost presented as like uh like he was driving by the stadium and was like, All right, I'm going in. <laughs> yep. Yep. If he was like driving back to Dylan, which I don't understand because it's presumably a Friday night. I assume that he has a game on Saturday. It's yeah. college football, like <laughs> Saturday afternoon. I don't understand. Maybe they the have a bye week at TOU. Yeah. On like, like the first or second week of the season. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, he does. Uh, he, he, he heads to the Panthers game. The game has started. Saracen sucks. He is really stinking it up. The chemistry with smash just is not there. I think these kinds of games in the show are really interesting because even when, I mean, we only focus on the offense. I can't think of a single defensive player that we know. So like when we see the team sucking, it's always the offense that sucks and the defense (laughs) must be really holding it down because this game is zero, zero (laughs) until the last (laughs) seconds of the game. Yeah. Yeah, we cut to like 40 seconds left in the game, and it is 0-0, which I played four years of high school football, and I don't, I'm not sure that ever happened. I but. laughed out loud at that, and Angie was like, what is that, not normal? I was like, I don't think I've ever seen a game be 0-0 in the no. fourth quarter. No. 
<laughs> but it's yeah, it is zero to zero in the last minute of the game. And yeah, Saracen has been not doing well. It's obvious that things are off between him and Smash. On the last play of the game, yes, it comes down to the last play of the game. Uh, Coach McGregor, as always, yep, he calls a direct snap to Smash. So basically, completely removing Saracen from the entire play. Smash scores, the Panthers win. Uh, that doesn't sit well with Matt Saracen. Matt is very unhappy. He attacks Smash, and they get into a little physical tussle here. Yeah, right on the field in front of the entire crowd who is horrified. (laughs) Yeah, not a great look. Not a great look on the first game of the season. And they won, and they're still, yeah, they're still having some major issues. Um, So Coach heads home after this, Coach Taylor. He tells Tammy, well, ask Tammy if she saw what happened. Tammy is obviously distracted. She's not so concerned with what happened between Matt and Smash on the field. Um, But Tammy does tell Coach what happened with Julie, that she hit her uh, the other night in that little, uh, (laughs) whatever you want to call it. She yeah. hit her with that uh, yeah, little altercation they had with the Swede and all that. Cutting back to the Riggins household, I'm not sure if this is later that night or another night, but um, Riggins I, is passed out in his chair in his home with a beer. Yep, that's two uh, already in this episode. Three. Oh, that's three. Yeah, you're right. That's three. Yep. And I did take this to be the same night uh, after the game. So Street rolls up on the Riggins household, finds a empty beer bottle out in the lawn, picks it up and chucks it at the door. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You could have just knocked. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Tim wakes up. Basically, Street tells Tim that he quit. He basically says, hey, you know, before you ask if I'm here as a coach or here as a friend, like, you know, you've been talking about my coaching skills. I quit the team and I'm going to Mexico. (laughs) (laughs) Right. To have this surgery so I can walk again. And Tim says, Mexico, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Tim's pretty interested at this point. With what, uh, yeah, with what streets uh, putting out there? I don't think we mentioned this before, uh, but during the game, didn't Coach McGregor say something about like something along the lines of "I'm not going to take advice from the team mascot"? Yeah, during the game, that was bad. That was very yeah. bad. Uh, like I said before, I was watching with my four year old and my mother. My mother not having watched Friday Night Lights really before like let out an audible like oh (laughs) at that point so yeah jason has a lot of reason to kind of be done with the whole dylan panthers thing so uh yeah they're heading to mexico (laughs) that's what they're doing tyra sneaks into landry's room again Uh, coming full circle she sneaks out at the beginning of the episode and sneaks back in at the end yep 
I would like to point out that Landry is wearing a calculus shirt. Yes, I also noted that. <laughs> it's a shirt about calculus, everybody. Yeah, there's like a big formula on the back that we can see. It's, yep. Yeah. But so Landry is basically hooking up with the most attractive girl in school in a calculus shirt. So yeah. that just tells you the state of affairs that we're <laughs> yeah. currently facing with that whole situation. Tim and Jason head down to Mexico in the middle of the night. We got another beer. Yep. Tim's like, hey, we're heading to Mexico. Uh, he grabs two beers for that road trip. <laughs> right. <laughs> but what is that puts our beer tally at four? We're making up good ground here with uh with the Big rig beer tally. Uh, Matt comes home to Carlota, who, you know, he's he's all bruised up from his fight with Smash. And she gives him a little massage, sings him a little song. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, We're starting to feel a little connection between the two. (laughs) She she really rubs it out. (laughs) For Matt, uh, we're crossing some lines now. I feel like between the in-home caregiver and, I mean, what do you peg? What do you peg Carlota's age at? I'd say mid to late twenties, maybe early twenties. But we cut to Buddy. Buddy's drinking at his desk at the dealership. I feel like this is fairly commonplace. Yeah, for Buddy at this point, he is basically living at the car dealership. Yeah. Um, there's a bottle of whiskey. He's got a, a glass poured, but coach Taylor pulls up and buddy sees this, sees him coming to the door and he lets out a little, yes. Yeah. (laughs) All right. It's all coming together now. Um, so basically coach tells buddy he's in for the whole plan of ousting McGregor and reinstating coach Taylor as the head coach of the Dillon Panthers. So pretty, pretty exciting place to leave episode yeah. three of season two, but that's where we're at. Yeah. End of episode. I don't think uh, we'll, we'll, we'll come back in a few moments with the, uh, some character notes. And there it is. All right, we're going to get a little bit more in-depth on uh, some of the characters for this week. Let's start out with, as we usually do, the Taylor family. What do we got going on here? Yeah, there's a little bit of disarray. We've got Julie being disrespectful, um, not telling her parents that her relationship with Matt ended, which is not necessarily something that she would... I guess have to disclose to her parents, but they seem to care about Matt. So um, it would make sense that they are concerned about it. Tammy and Julie's relationship is pretty strained. Yeah. Right. I mean, literally coming to physical blows, you know, I think last week we said that the Taylor family was kind of at a crossroads, like this cannot continue and we're still there. And it's not until the very end of the episode that maybe we get a little, glimmer of hope that things are going to change yeah but really no guarantees because it's (laughs) it's dependent on buddy and (laughs) you know uh his plan so we know how that'll go yeah so 
potentially. Yeah. So things are things are pretty rough in the Taylor family for sure. Tyra and Landry, I feel like, are the other, you know, kind of big developments in this. And really not just Landry, but the whole Clark family, or at least his dad. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it <laughs> Landry's dad has a weird view of his son. Yeah. yeah. And the whole situation, yeah, is very uh, wrong feeling. Yeah. I don't know. You know, my, my oldest kid is only four years old. I feel like I have a pretty accurate view of my daughter and who she is, you know, uh pros and, and cons or however you want to say that like the good and the bad um i still don't feel like i would handle the situation of of landry's dad in the conversation with tyra you know even if you're being entirely realistic about your kid right i was gonna that, say in defense of landry's dad you're not uh raising it in a total dweeb <laughs> that's true I mean, I'd be pretty pumped if if one of my kids started a uh, Christian speed metal band. You know, if I'm just being honest, I'd be pretty into that. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's still weird. Um, Landry and Tyra have a very complicated relationship. I feel like anytime you base a relationship upon murder, uh, it's going to get weird. Yeah. So I think that's all we really have to say about that. Tim and Lila, there's always something under the surface, right? Like there, there's sure. an, an ember that's never been completely snuffed out between those two. For sure. Tim might be finding religion, but <laughs> <laughs> that religion might be entirely motivated by horniness. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's going on. We didn't see any Glenn this episode, did we? He's fixing the icebox. <laughs> yeah, he had his hands in Coach's wife's icebox. So there's that. So there's a little bit. Um, so that that's still being kept alive. Uh, definitely to be continued there. Julie Taylor uh, continues to not do herself any favors. Terrible. We're not a fan of Julie at this point. Ah. Uh, we she did not get, receive a good rating last week, and I do not think she's going to receive a very good rating this week. No, no, she's uh, so we'll see how that plays out. But I think for the most part, that is kind of our main developments uh, amongst our main characters this week. So uh, let's go ahead and take a little break, and we'll come back and give out our awards for the week. All right, we're back. We're going to talk about Coach Taylor to start off. We always do uh, start with him. He is our central figure for the show. Coach is, I'd say Coach is at a crossroads here. He's got to make a decision um, concerning his family, even concerning the Dylan Panthers. So how are we feeling about Coach this week? Yeah, um, I feel like Coach doesn't do a whole lot in this episode but at the end 
he definitely takes a swing in a positive direction uh, by coming in and he's going to work with Buddy <laughs> right. to, to come back. So it's an overall positive mood, but at, or move, but at the same time, it's still kind of sleazy because anytime you involve yourself with Buddy Garrity's plans, uh, it's a little you sketch. You're taking a risk. A lot can go wrong. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, overall, I wouldn't call it inspiring, but he's keeping himself at least on the positive side of things. Uh, if I had to give him a rating, he didn't really do anything like particularly like, Oh yes, coach. All right. So yeah. I'd probably settle at like a, a four, you know, like, I like that. Yeah. He's, it's not bad, but it's not good. So we'll go with a four for coach this week. All right, Julie Taylor, we were really hard on her last week. We we landed on a nine, which was basically only to give her room to eventually hit a 10. Was she on par, better, or worse this week? I would say at best she's on par with last week. Right? I feel like we've painted ourselves into a corner here because she was probably worse than last week, but I don't want to give her a 10 yet. Right. That's where I'm at too. Like <laughs> her, yeah, like telling the Swede to just take her somewhere when her you, mom is right there. You. Oh. So, and then, okay. Like, even her saying to Tammy, like, you abandoned me after you had Gracie. Like, Come it's on. just so, like, Julie is so, <sighs> she's had so many issues with, like, making things about her right when it's just like dude just apologize (laughs) (laughs) right you're in the wrong here julie like don't blame this on an infant all right so here's here's my question here's the dilemma do we retroactively go back and give uh episode two give julie an eight change it from a nine to an eight so that in this episode we can give her a nine or do we just equivalent these two episodes, right? And say like, okay, both very bad. This episode was slightly worse, but we're still going to give it a nine. Or do we go the full 10? On one hand, pretty uncontroversial. So, um, yeah, we'll go with that. It's a nine. It's a slightly stronger nine than last week, but still a nine. Yeah, I, I would say I remember. I think last week we said light eight to a strong or strong eight to a light nine, and I okay. think with this one it's a, a strong nine. Yep, that's a good point. All right, so I feel like we've got some distinction there, which is good. Big rig beer tally. We made some progress this week. Four, four big ones. Four beers added to the tally. That puts us at. We're sitting. Okay, I've got a little gap in my, in my data. <laughs> The last I had recorded uh, was 45, but that was like four episodes ago. So we're sitting right around 50. We love to see it. Yeah. All right. The Buddy Garrity Sleazeball move of the week. What do we have to choose from this week? I think the him pulling the vehicle over to tell Tim, hey, <laughs> I've seen you play hungover. Yeah, this is not on you at all. No. This is on Coach McGregor. Don't put that on yourself at all. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's that. That's a good choice for sure. 
Buddy basically affirming Tim's drinking habits. And for the record, because I'm not sure what's next, but that's also my quote of the week. (laughs) All right. Well, let's just go right to that then. Were there any other nominations? I didn't write down any other quotes. I don't know if you did. Uh, I don't want Glenn in my home with his hands in my wife's icebox. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> that definitely deserves a nomination. Yeah, that one's worth noting. But my choice, I'll read it through yep. fully again. Listen, son, I never want to hear you say that again. I've seen you play with a hangover many times, and you played like a champ. This is all about that new coach McGregor, and I don't want you to put any of that on yourself. <laughs> like glossing over the fact that yeah, he's seen a 16-year-old regularly play high school football hungover. Yeah, that's good. Pretty sleazy. Yeah. All right. Uh any notable music cues that you pulled out here? Um, the only ones that I noticed and also the only ones that seem to be on the IMDb page are worship songs <laughs> from the church scene. Yeah, let's not get into that. <laughs> <laughs> the first one I noticed and I actually started to Shazam it because I didn't realize it was it was one of those scenes where you heard the audio before you saw where okay, it was. Yeah. And the vocals were so weird that I thought it was like a popular band. <laughs> and um, and then like they got to the church and I was like, oh, is this a worship song? And it was. So yikes. Um yeah. Did you get a did you get a read on it? No, Shazam didn't know it, okay. but um according to IMDB, it was Gateway Worship who oh, yeah. re- wrote and performed it. So. that makes sense. It really does. All right. Uh, our MVP of the week, who are we giving that to for this episode? I mean, Landry's putting up a strong fight here always. Yeah. Like as for as long as he's with Tyra, he's got a case, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I'm really trying to think of who. Maybe Matt Saracen? Kind of, but he also kind of like lost his cool. That's true. But it was fair for him warranted. to have lost his cool. Yeah. Yeah. Coach, I feel like is is almost there. Like he's making his move back to our good graces a little bit. Right. But he's not quite there yet. He's not quite there. Um, Jason is just being a gimmicky coach. Yeah. Tim Riggins is getting drunk. Andrew's dad is being a creep. <laughs> Do we go with Landry? I think we can go with Landry. Dang. Yeah. Two weeks in a row. I like it. It's no wonder that Jesse Plemons was the breakout star of the <laughs> That's show. That's true. That's true. All right. I believe that leaves us with our episode rating for the week. Uh, just as a refresher, we gave last week a six so pretty low in the grand scheme of where we've been so far uh in the series but for season two you know uh it's about right on so i was thinking for this one a strong six to a potential seven yep i think it's better than than last week for sure let's go with let's go with a seven for this one all right 
So there it is, uh, episode three of season two. Thank you so much for for joining us. We appreciate uh, you being with us. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate you reaching out on Twitter from all of you that we've heard from. But uh, yeah, feel free uh, to let somebody know, let a friend know about this podcast. Sometime, I'm assuming that Friday Night Lights went back on Netflix and that's why you're watching <laughs> or that's why you're listening, <laughs> you're listening. and why so, you chose us out of the other ones. We appreciate you. We don't know why you did, but we appreciate that you did. Yeah, we, we do. We do uh, appreciate you being with us. So uh, shout, out, shout out to listener and follower, Peter Blair, who congratulated me on graduating from college. <laughs> Peter. Thank you, Peter. Uh, yeah, man. We appreciate you. And if you are one of our other like random listeners from Australia, <laughs> Or Spain, like, Germany. Please, uh, I believe our Twitter handle is Reliving Lights. Yeah. So reach out to us. Let us know where you're listening from. We'll give we you would, a shout out on yeah, the show. We absolutely, yeah. I promise you. <laughs> yeah. If you uh, if you reach out to us, we will we will say hey on the podcast. We will. So we will. Yeah, just uh, ask Peter Blair. Y- yep. Thank you, Peter. <laughs> Anthony, it's been a pleasure. Thanks uh, for for talking Friday Night Lights with me. We'll we'll see you next week for episode four. Let's do it. Let's touch God this time, boys. Let's touch God.